0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Echo Chamber. With me again this week is Adam Altman. That's me. And absent today is Pierce Conway, so you have another boring uh, political convo ahead. Like, who is this man that thinks he can skip these podcasts and still be considered part of it? I think, I think, my personal theory is he will rejoin us after the election. Uh, but the joke is going to be on him because I don't think the results are going to be until December. So we got politics all hey,
1: year. By the way, you did in the last intro call us the Quarantine Quartet.
0: Did I? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I apologize for that. It is the echo chamber. And my name is Russell McBride. As always, I'm your host. So, you know, we don't have any specific plans for the podcast today. But we just kind of wanted to talk about what's going on in the world. Talk about current events and, and kind of talk about... What's our update with the election? I believe most states have started early voting by now. Uh, let's start there. So, what's going on with early voting?
1: So, I did not early vote yet. Um, well, it is just day two. <laughs> it is just, but part of the reason why, now I am a vote on election day kind of guy. Right. Uh, but um, seeing all over the place, lines were incredibly long. So, uh, I, he's a sports writer, uh, Jonas Pope. He was at night in Nightdale. He waited five-plus hours wow. to go vote.
0: Yeah, I've heard in North Raleigh at Lake Lynn, I heard three hours. Uh, there was another place I heard an hour. And then even Google, you know, Google tells you, like, how busy a place is. Oh, wow. I was about to go vote yesterday, and it was, like, off the charts red. Very busy for this time of day. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, so you said it was busy, where yeah. you were going to go. Yeah, it was I stacked. did see that NC State put out a tweet that um, over in Tally Student Center is a 30-minute wait with reserved parking so pretty easy access not bad maybe give them a shot
0: and, I, and this is important to note i i do believe in our election system and i believe if you want to vote you will get to vote oh yeah you, you might have to wait somewhere there might be more waits than you might be accustomed to i mean they released in this state alone yesterday yet in one day two hundred fifty thousand people voted i mean have you have you seen something like this happen before N- not
1: that i can remember um and again we'll see what happens over the long term but voter turnout all right, if it's high that's going to favor the Democrats here
0: it seems like it right and uh, well I think that's what data always suggests right at least re- recently so. sure and maybe we can get into the polling a little bit and um, what, what do the polls look like right now who who seems to have the advantage in this election
1: well so and again we've talked about this privately but um, so we get most of our poll data from the 538 and they they do right. a good job of taking a conglomeration of all the polls. Yeah, and
0: we'll we'll link it down below. There's a lot of different things you can look at from the presidency to the House to the Senate and and some information about governor races.
1: So from the very beginning, they've been saying Biden's had a pretty decent lead. I think seven points at one point. And, uh, but everyone's, even they, are very cautious because they know what happened in 2016 with Hillary being up by six
0: on election night. I think it was 2.9, like two days uh, before the okay. election. Yeah.
1: So they're nervous to really declare a winner, but you've been telling me that that's shifting a little bit.
0: I yeah. So from what I'm seeing, you know, I follow Nate Silver. He's he's there. Um, he's the guy who like codes their um, polling. So Biden has about a 10.1 average lead in most polls that they're they're kind of putting him there. I think that they have him at like an 82 percent chance to win the election. And um, isn't the
1: the The margin for error is like plus or minus four yes so anything above that is is significant
0: yes absolutely and and they're making the point that so over like a 10-point national lead is if you were to maintain that and that were to be true on election day we're talking potentially 400 electoral college points so we're talking
1: about a Nixon type victory it's it's a
0: landslide it's a landslide absolutely Um, but So Nate Silver kind of walked through, well, here's what happened in 2016. Hillary around the same time had about a 6.9 lead. Uh, So you do the plus or minus four, that still put her in the lead. And then right before election day, I believe she had like a two and a half to three point lead. So that that put Trump within the ability and it put him within striking distance for the electoral college, which if you look back at 538, they were saying it's possible. Now they seem to be saying now... Look, even with some major events potentially happening before the election, even with the uh, potential like polling errors, it, it seems very likely that we're looking at a Biden victory. Now, even when you look at their polls and it says Biden has an 80 percent chance and Trump has like a 20 percent chance, the 20 percent chance can still happen. Like those things can still yeah. happen. It, it doesn't mean it will not. It just means that it's much more likely that we see any of those Biden scenarios.
1: So really quickly, let's kind of go down that road. Let's say say that it's a landslide. Right. Um, And again, we're not predicting that will happen. I actually find that very difficult to comprehend it being that big of a landslide. But what is the significance of it being a landslide?
0: I think um, in either direction, I mean, just to let... It's not likely Trump has a landslide, but let's just say in either direction. I think in this year of any year, having the clarity of who wins the presidential race is important because I think there is questions going around on both sides about what we can trust and what the other side is doing. Um, I I still think I can maintain in the middle and say the reality that Trump is not willing to say he's going to support the winner. Uh, I do think he's going to step down. I think he will leave office if he loses. But having a clear, decisive winner uh, would, I think, eliminate some of the drama of, like, a close election. Think of, like, Bush-Gore, right? Went on for months, went to the Supreme Court. I think it could eliminate that potential drama.
1: Yeah, so you don't have these tight races. If he wins by, you know, hundreds of electoral votes, they're not going to have these recounts because... Sure,
0: absolutely. And I think they'll still have to wait... I hope they wait to call it because we're going to have more mail-in votes than ever before. In a landslide, it might not be enough to change anything. But the other reality is if it's a close race, the tallies we have on election night could change because of mail-in voting. So if someone says, well, we declare Biden the winner and then enough mail-in votes come in to have Trump win, it's a dangerous thing Mm -hmm. that the media would do if that were to happen. Yeah, hopefully they, they know that. Hopefully even in a landslide they hold off. Yeah. Hopefully.
1: You know, for me, I look at the, the, the landslide victory also, I, I agree with you, but also no matter what happens on both sides, right, it's a repudiation of the other party. Right. Regardless of what happens. And, of course, the, they're suggesting that if, if it's going to happen, it's going to be a Democrat victory. And that could be a repudiation of the Trump era politics. Sure. And does that spark a change in the GOP? We don't know. And the same thing for the Democrats. I think it a loss by the Democrats. I don't even think it needs to be a landslide. I think a loss by the Democrats will they're gonna have to do some soul searching for real.
0: Well, and I' I'm, I'm not gonna claim the Democrats have changed everything. But the candidate who was presently yeah. running for the Democrat Party shows that they knew someone else needed to be put mm-hmm. forward this year. Yeah. Um, and you can say whatever you want about the first few primaries, but Biden won that in a landslide. Once we got to South Carolina, oh, yeah. it was pretty clear who who the Democrats Coronavirus were
1: Coronavirus blocked all that news, but yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. So when we look at that, okay, so the Democrats seem to have learned something. Uh, I think if the Republicans lost in a landslide— if they don't figure out how to shift what america sees of them it'd be dangerous and i think we're already seeing it i don't know if you saw the article about ben sass he's a senator out of nebraska nebraska, in nebraska. Yeah, yeah there my you home. go uh, he pretty much went on a tirade on a call with constituents basically condemning trump I saying love ben he's going to lose it, it's it's very interesting. I mean, and Ben Sasse has always teetered the line yeah. of of whether or not he would support Trump, but he's never kind of come out publicly. Yeah. Uh, this is the clearest repudiation from a sitting senator who doesn't have plans to step down. Yeah, um, and maybe it means he's going to run in four years. I mean, but this is this is the first kind of high profile person outside of Romney McCain who has said. No, the Republican Party is going to go in a different direction, and I'm willing to embrace that now. Yeah,
1: and again, we're just talking, you know, theoretically. If it's a landslide, right, Biden victory, uh, I think the Democrats will smell blood in the water. Yep, and they will go after uh, part of that traditionally conservative base. Yeah. Well, I think if they were smart, they would.
0: Absolutely. I don't know if they will.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, the GOP, like, also though, this is an opportunity for them uh, to find out uh, what can they do. To, to widen their um, base, it'll be. It's it's just a really interesting election that has so many implications in so many different ways. But I'm also excited for it to be over.
0: You know, I I like have such an excitement for election day and finding out and knowing and. But I'll be honest. Personal relationships are strained right now. Mm-hmm. Like people so strongly are yeah. leaning one direction or the other. It is difficult to engage with some people. Um, Now, you know the people I'm close to. Like, it's fine. We get there. We have the conversations. But just general, like, relationships with everyone. I mean, politics are... They're on everyone's mind, but it's a difficult conversation to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you know, we're in the state of North Carolina here, and on Wednesday night there was uh, the debate between Roy Cooper and um, Dan Forrest. Uh, So just kind of looking at the state, I mean, if we go back to the 2016 election, Trump won North Carolina, but Roy Cooper won the governor. So it seems clear that North Carolina Carolina residents are willing to vote differently down ballot. So even if Biden wins in this state, which he's leading right now, you could still see Dan Forrest win the governor race. But but what are your thoughts? Um, I think Cooper's ahead in the polls, but what does the race look like from your perspective?
1: So I did not see the debate. Um, I read the headline that it was dominated by the pandemic. And so I guess I'm going to get a little political here uh, and show my cards a little bit here. Um, But that wasn't surprising to me. Um, And I think it's not surprising because of a couple of things. That's been basically the only thing Dan Forrest has been running on is the response by Cooper to the pandemic. And so, you know, Dan Forrest, he's wanting to open up. Uh, And Roy Cooper, I think, is content to leave the debate at that. Absolutely. Um, because uh, Roy Cooper hasn't done very much <laughs> as a governor. Oh, yeah. Um, Which, you
0: know, is twofold, right? I mean, you could potentially blame some things on Cooper, but... You could blame some things. His power has been kind of taken away. Yeah. He doesn't have any help when it comes to comes to the House or yeah. the Senate in North Carolina.
1: Yeah, but if I'm Dan Forrest, I'm talking about his time as Attorney General in the wake of this George Floyd stuff. Sure. I'm talking about his poor or lackluster response to hurricane relief efforts. Right. I'm talking about him holding up teacher pay. Yeah, um, absolutely. Holding it hostage to Medicare. If I'm Dan Forrest, that's what I'm doing. But Dan Forrest isn't doing that. So that's why I said the debate. It seemed like that's all Dan wants to talk about because that's what his—I'm sorry. I shouldn't call him Dan. That's all Dan Forrest wants to talk about. (laughs) Our lieutenant governor. Too familiar with him, I guess. Um, And and like I said, I think Roy Cooper's happy— to do that because it's dan forrest isn't bringing up the other things
0: agreed and that seemed clear right there were a lot of moments and you know it was a it was a very civil debate i watched it after the fact um, it was a good debate i think both of them i don't think roy cooper is the best debater i remember that from 2016 but he had a strength in the fact that he was willing to just let dan forrest fo- focus on the pandemic yeah. um, and even a couple areas where i think roy cooper could be criticized Particularly, like, we have a lot of phases in the state, and we've been moving through the 10 phases of phase two. But, you know, Cooper started with the idea that we're going to move on phases based on science, but yeah. we've never really decreased. We've we've plateaued, and but we're still moving forward, and, and I think it's just the nature of people getting tired of lockdowns. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to be interested in the next few weeks. I mean, North Carolina is spiking again. The country could potentially see our largest spike in cases right. that we've had ever. Will Cooper step back? Will he wait for the election? I,
1: it, I, if I'm just spitballing, I think the open-up crowd is much smaller than the crowd that is like, well, let's be careful because we don't right. really know what to expect. Yeah. So that's why I, I think that Cooper will win comfortably. Yeah. Because yeah. he hasn't done anything, which is a negative, but also...
0: There's nothing to be mad about <laughs> right unless so, your teacher's not getting pay from right. It.
1: and if and dan forrest is is preaching you know open up you know no
0: mask in school at all well i think some people are going to be like eh, i don't know about that so and there were a few things i mean i i feel like i can say this non-controversially there are like two things that forrest said during the debate that are literally anti-science one of them being the masking like yeah, I don't know. I get. That's I I guess I could understand someone wanting to fight for their right to not wear a mask, like not wanting mandates. But it's pretty clear that everyone, top down, even Trump, hesitantly, is yeah. saying you should wear a mask. Chris Christie. Better. Just yeah, Chris Christie came yeah. out and apologized for not wearing a mask at the White House.
1: I don't get it. Like you said, the mandate. I can see how people are going to get all up in a row about that. But like, the science is pretty clear. But that, denying that they
0: work. Yeah. I, that they why? have an impact. What's of, the strategy?
1: Yeah. And here we are in month number seven. Yeah. And you're still like, uh, let's, let's get this over with as quickly as possible. And part of that can be a mask. But yeah. Yeah. I know. I just We just lost some listeners. We're down to two.
0: We're down to two. And You know, uh, they talked a little bit about schooling, um, about school vouchers, school choice, private schools, charter schools, public schools. Um, it's an interesting I, conversation. Cooper came out in, in support of charter schools saying, you know, that's... I was kind of surprised to hear him make the statement he did. Yeah. But obviously, Dan Forrest made a strong pitch about private schools, especially the fact that a lot of private schools are in person right now.
1: Yeah, my son's at private school, and I am thankful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, and it'll be interesting to see. We'll see. I, I think we'll see how North Carolinians vote. Um, I have a feeling they're going to go for Cooper. Yeah. That's the way the polling is. There's our hot take for you. Yeah, it's not very hot. Uh, we're not even going to cover Tom Tillis and Cal Cunningham because uh, yeah. I if you're a student listener out there, please get into politics. We desperately need some senators um, who are qualified, solid individuals who we would like to cast our vote for. Um, and if there is a representation of people we don't want to vote for in an election— I think I can say this uncontroversially. No one seems to like Tom Tillis or Cal Cunningham. Yeah, Like, I think Cunningham is just winning because Tillis is so unlikable. But, I mean, I, Cunningham's controversy now, I don't know if anyone likes either of them. Well, yeah. People are going to be holding their nose either way.
1: I don't know, but let's well, use this us, uh, as an opportunity to announce that I will be running for Senate in 2000. Starting tomorrow. Yes. i <laughs> going we'll to jump into Kanye West's birthday party. There it
0: is. You heard it first, right in Adam Moltman's for your uh, senator election. I've got it. I had four students
1: tell me they'd vote for me, so that's a good start.
0: That's four votes. That's four votes. Well, anything else to round up our current events going on in the, in well, the world we, the Well,
1: we've got, we've got to talk about... Uh, the Supreme
0: Court nomination, right? Obviously, yes. ACB, right? So those, Amy Coney Barrett.
1: Those hearings are over, correct?
0: Yes, yeah. Yep. Officially over. The vote should be coming in the next few weeks.
1: Now, you, being the nerd you are, I walked into your classroom and it was playing in the background, so what'd you glean from those hearings? It's
0: maybe one of the more embarrassing things that I do, but yes, I think a, there's nothing quite like a good Senate hearing um, to spend my time watching. Uh, You know, I gleaned everything I thought I would. Uh, The Republicans used it to praise Amy Comey Barrett and push forward their agenda, and the Democrats used it to push forward their agenda. I mean, these Senate hearings are so political now. Both sides—the Republicans are asking questions to give her a softball and let her knock it out of the park, and the Democrats are asking questions for a soundbite. I mean, they're asking questions that they know she can't answer. Whether she's a Democrat or a Republican— Ginsburg or Amy Coney Barrett, they can't answer some of the questions they're asking. Yeah, so they're they're trying to get sound bites.
1: Yeah, so, so just so we're clear, you know, it's not a presidential debate where we get mad at the president for not answering the question that was asked. Right. Like literally, they're asking her questions that they know well and good. She cannot answer because right. they're asking her opinions about not certain laws, uh, but she about broad topics, and you can't answer that unless you know specifically what is the legal situation you're talking about. Sure. So, a little bit different. So, if you're frustrated that she wasn't answering the questions, well, she's actually not really supposed to.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's a couple things that I think have come out of this. The first one, maybe just a little humor. They asked her, uh, could I see the paper that you're taking notes on uh, for the questions? And she holds up a blank notepad, (laughs) which is made for some great memes. (laughs) And and the
1: consensus is on that note that she's very sharp.
0: Yes. I, well, it depends which side you're asking, right? The Republicans no, feel- are saying she's sharp. I saw a lot of Democrat takes that say, oh, well, she's not respectful of the question askers.
1: Uh, I, know, I haven't seen Kind that, of like a waiter who
0: doesn't write down your order. She's just going to memorize it and take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's a little bit absurd in the reach, but, you know.
0: But, you know, that's, that's what's going to happen, right? Uh, another controversy that's coming out of this is she is a, uh, let me use the right word, a constitutionalist she is a um, an, originalist. an originalist right so when it comes to her interpretation of the constitution she stated clearly she aligns with Scalia she's an orig- originalist basically which means and correct me if i'm wrong they interpret the constitution based off the original intent correct of the writing yeah
1: and not necessarily to fit current trends or Social movements, or right. uh, it's
0: yeah. Which lands textual? Uh, maybe we're, we're looking for textualist. Yeah, yes, textualist. Thank you. Yes. It's going originalist, maybe not, but textualist. Yes. She's a textualist, so it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, that that has clear dividing lines between Republicans and Democrats. Um, a couple misnomers that I think I'll put out there that are helpful for people to know: ACB is not going to be getting rid of Roe v. Wade. Um, when she starts in office, she's not going to just blanketly remove these things
1: whoa whoa! so you're saying she's getting confirmed
0: oh i think she will be absolutely yeah, me
1: too but we yeah. that was up in the air for a while but i think it's. Gonna
0: yeah be. i think she will be confirmed uh and they will not pass a covid relief bill uh to the fault of everyone in washington yeah. um and those who are not there right now yeah but we can touch on that in another episode.
1: <laughs> but but we but we just to follow up because you know if she's going to be confirmed we know the democrats have threatened to pack the court well,
0: and here's a whole nother thing, right? The Democrats are claiming the Republicans are currently court-packing.
1: Yeah. What do you mean by that?
0: I, I would like to ask the same question, <laughs> but essentially the new Democrat talking point is, is that, well, we're not going to provide an answer right now on court-packing, but that's exactly what the Republicans are doing. So they're defining rushing through a nominee before an election as court-packing. Yeah, which is not really what it is. That's not the definition. No. Is it potentially wrong? You could make that argument. Sure. Is it court-packing? No. no.
1: But to follow up, because <clears throat> we know uh, Biden and Harris have been hesitant to give an answer. And I guess Biden finally coughed up the fact that he says, you know, I don't want to answer it until after the election, which is annoying.
0: Right. Now, he but said he, he doesn't want to.
1: He said, I'm not a fan of packing the court. Yeah. yeah which right. isn't really an answer either. But it's what we had talked about. We suspected is that I don't think he really wants to. Um, and
0: I think at the end of the day, he won't. I, I think Biden, as someone who is a lifer in politics, respects the institutions. I think he, yeah. And I don't I don't think he would pack the court. But I also think he still has to drive the progressives out to vote for him, mm-hmm. um, the far left. And they want to pack the court. Yep. Um, so I think he's still fighting for every vote he can get. Yeah. The Biden campaign, I, I know we're kind of coming full circle here, but— I think they're running a great campaign, uh, and mostly they're doing it by staying quiet, <laughs> staying Careful out of the limelight, yeah. no uh, major controversies, um, and just letting the Trump campaign kind of drown themselves in a new controversy every week.
1: I really do believe that it's been mismanaged by the Republicans, and and I guess I'm not surprised. I just There's a lot of holes to poke in the Biden campaign, yes. but they're not poking them.
0: Agreed, on. yes. They're not focusing on some of the flaws because mm-hmm. I think they're too busy duct-taping their own boat with holes in it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do we, we get too political? Do we get—I don't
0: know. I don't know. I mean, that's up to you guys. Hopefully uh, we didn't show too many of our cards. Um, but obviously we're, we're pretty passionate about politics. Um, but like we say every week, like get informed. Know who you want to vote for. Know why you want to vote for them. Um, be willing to admit the flaws in the candidate you choose I mean neither of these individuals is perfect I i think that's clear uh, but you're voting based on a collection of research and ideas and and where you believe uh, the direction of America needs to go
1: yeah Conway was so happy you didn't have to sit through this
0: obviously yeah I thought you said Kanye for a second Con- I was Con- like, are you Con- voting for Kanye is yeah. That- He's not on the ballot in North Carolina, to the disappointment of everyone in the state. Um, well,
1: should we, just to be clear, yeah, like it, you cannot just write in any candidate in North Carolina.
0: What? Well, no, not in this state. Yeah. It, it, your vote doesn't count. Right.
1: Yeah. So if, if you, you do that, it's they're not going to register your vote. Yes. Just so you know,
0: that is that is correct. So. Although there is write-ins for the school board, I noticed hmm. on the ballot because someone's running unopposed, so they add a write-in. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll see well, how the right end You Canada know,
1: does. if you need to spell my name, it's O-L-T-M-A-N-S.
0: Obviously, yes. Put me you on you the school put, board. You'd be running against Jim Martin. I think that'd be some tough competition there.
1: Oh, I'd be roasting roasting <laughs> people left and right.
0: Well, that, I believe, wraps our current events up. Um, let me ask one question, Oldman. Is there a uh, new slang word, hip word, you've been trying out recently? Not
1: really. You know, but I, w- I do want to bring up this. A totally different direction. Because I get into this every year with my students. Do aliens exist?
0: Great question.
1: And my answer is, well, no. And they cannot handle this. Do you have an opinion on this?
0: You know, I, so I've heard the argument, if aliens exist, we would know already. It's kind of like if time travel is ever invented. That's just not even my argument. We would but, know, but, yeah. right? Uh, I... I think they don't. I mean I, I don't know. We haven't I'm reached into the depths of the universe. Um, so maybe I couldn't say with positive certainty, but I, I'm pretty pretty sure they as don't As far exist. as we know,
1: right. aliens don't exist. Correct. Right. And I say this and they and they, they flip out and they're all like, But but there has to be because look how big the universe is. Well, that's not very scientific, right? You believe in science. Well no you don't because science like tells us we need to really investigate that and find like proof and evidence of it. And sure. there isn't any.
0: Science also tells us life is unsustainable everywhere we have looked so right? far. I mean, I'm sure there's a student out there who's better at science than us who's about to correct us on this.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But all they will come back with is like, well, it's possible.
0: Yes, we know it's possible. Single-celled organisms deep in the planet of yeah, whatever.
1: Are, well, the likelihood. Statistically, that's what they say. Statistically, you know, there's got to be. That's not science. How's that science? Statistics. Yeah, sure, statistically there's a chance, but as far as we know, there isn't.
0: So if you're one of Oldman students out there and you want to avoid doing any work <laughs> for the day, just post aliens exist in it, the chat. It ruins
1: the class. That day is just a waste at that point because people are mad at me and they're leaving the meeting and then they're writing me emails.
0: It, and, and, you know, uh, this is a question that hasn't been asked of either candidate nor any presidential candidate that I can remember in recent memory. Do aliens aliens exist? exist? I think that needs to be... I would love to hear that answer. (laughs) Uh, I would
1: actually love to hear Trump's answer on that.
0: I I think some more fun dialogue in politics might um, help
1: uh,
0: to humanize these people.
1: Well, they used to go on the talk shows, right? Because didn't they, you know, Bill Clinton was asked if he wore boxers or briefs.
0: And we used to see him, like... Go for a jog and eat McDonald's. And... Play the
1: saxophone. Yes, agreed. We
0: don't really I... see that anymore. No, yeah, we we really don't. I I think Obama did did kind of did stuff like that. I don't...
1: He was very lighthearted at certain things. Right, know. right. He did like ESPN, like bracket challenge and that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Those were always fun. Well, if you're still with us, um, surprise! Thank you. First of all, yeah. wow. <laughs> Thanks you for made. making it to the end of that <laughs> random assortment of things. I uh, I. This is just a day in the life of Oltmans and McBride sitting around shooting the breeze about politics and what's going on in the world. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us again. I, hopefully you just step outside your echo chamber and, and listen out to what everyone's saying in the world.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: and thanks again for joining us, Oldmans.
1: Yeah, aliens don't exist.
0: That's wraps. And it slaps.